You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Hey, well-read baddies. Welcome back to another episode of She Well-Read. I'm Alana. I'm Sarah. And today we have the pleasure of having Nikki Porcher on our show. She is the founder of Buy From a Black Woman. So welcome, Nikki. Hi. <laughs> no, I was saying the hesitation because I forgot to tell you all how to pronounce my last name. And as soon as we hit record, I was like, man, maybe they'll get it. Maybe they'll get it. No, yeah. dang, I did it wrong, dang. I was hoping I was right. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. What, how do you pronounce it? It's Porsche, Nikki Porsche. Ooh. Wait, but that's fire. Thank you. I love that. So Nikki, just tell us and tell your audience a little bit about yourself and your organization and everything you got going on. Yes, so I am Nikki Porsche, founder of an organization called Buy from a Black Woman. We educate, empower, and inspire Black women business owners by spreading the importance of supporting and actually buying for Black women. We say, when you support a Black woman business owner, you support a whole community buy from a Black woman. So that's my little elevator speech. But what we do is essentially, we have a network of Black women business owners, a community. They work together, they grow together, they build together. Um, we have our signature Black Women Business Grant is really how we started in the Buy for a Black Women Online Directory that lists businesses all and operated 100% by Black women. We don't do the 51%. We don't do, I got this with my husband. No, all these businesses that are part of Buy for a Black Women are owned and operated exclusively by Black women. So there's a lot of things and resources for those who started businesses looking to start businesses or even to support businesses owned by Black women. We got you covered. I love a good one-stop shop. And I love that you mentioned that it's a hundred percent owned by a black woman. Like there's no like, oh, like you said, doing it with my husband or anything. A hundred percent owned by a black woman. That is and no shame to those who do do things with their husband. Right. At all. So I'm glad you got a husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what we're doing (laughs) is businesses owned and operated with just black women. So. Uh, what you see is what you get. The name is the mission and the motto. Buy from a Black woman. Love that. So what got you started with Buy from a Black woman? Like, what inspired you? Like, because I'm thinking of all the things in the world that obviously, like, this is needed and, like, probably should have been a thing before now. But so what got you started with your organization? And, like, what's your story on that? Yeah, so um, I'm many things. I... Let me just preference that. So when I hear, when you hear me saying and sharing things, just know like there's many layers to me. I am a half marathon runner. So one of my goals is to run half marathons in every state. Um, and that started after like I shattered my kneecap, sumo wrestling, lots of things there. But I was on my way to go do a half marathon in Florida and I missed my flight. And I was feeling sad. I was very upset that I missed this flight. And I was like, okay, well, let me go and do what I know how to do best to make myself feel better. And that's shopping. And this was in 2015, December 2015. I went to an event in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was the only Black woman at the event. There were no Black woman vendors. There were no Black woman shoppers. Literally, 
I was the only black woman there. I thought that was insane for me to be somewhere like Atlanta, Georgia, and be the only black woman in the room. There was this one woman in particular, she was selling lip balm and she had sold out and she was collecting people's emails. And, you know, I was in the marketing space. I was working at a nonprofit, but I still was not familiar with e-commerce email marketing. So I started to talk to her and I was just asking uh, curiosity, like, what are you collecting emails for? And she said, well, one, I have my lip balm back in stock. I'm going to email these people and let them know so that they can, you know, buy it. And I was, you know, amazed by that. Not only because she was able to collect all these emails, but because people want to buy her products so much so that they were willing to share their email with this woman. And I knew Black women business owners who were selling better lip balm, um, not at the cost point that she was selling it. And they also were not collecting emails to market future um, and current products. So I did something about that. I started what I call the Buy From a Black Woman Challenge. I just started off as a blog where once a week I would find unique businesses owned and operated by Black women and I would buy from them and I would just blog about it. That's how old I am. I'm still using the word blog, right? Um, I would blog about it and the blog took off. I would just promote it on social media and my friends and friends of friends and friends of friends were sharing it and other Black women business owners found the blog and they were wondering how they could be featured on the blog. They wanted to send me products. I'm like, no, I have to buy your products. Don't just send it to me. Um, but in the other side of that, there were people who wanted to support the blog and they were sending me money so that I can keep the blog going, so I can keep buying from a Black woman. And one of the two things they teach you in nonprofit advocacy spaces, you want people to promote your mission and your message, and you want people to donate to your mission and your message. And I was like, okay, people are doing this. This must really be something. So I went on this hunt of how to start a nonprofit organization. I had been working in a nonprofit field for about seven years prior to this. So I was like, well, I know the ins and outs. I worked with big nonprofits, small nonprofits. Um, I have a good footing. Maybe this is something that I can do. And it wasn't until April I launched the Black Women Business Grant and was able to award another business. Um, IVC, her name is Fly is now the name of her company. But the day I was going to call her to let her know that she had received our inaugural Black Women Business Grant, um, I received my 501c paperwork from the IRS in the mail. And that's when I knew, okay, things are always working out for me. Things are always happening for my good. And this is supposed to be something real. I um I just loved what you were saying about how you noticed this need and then basically used the knowledge that you already had to create a space for us to be elevated in our businesses and I guess our businesses in general, I'll say that. Um, I do feel like spaces are so segregated these days and oftentimes there's this word of mouth that is behind doors that aren't open for us. And so opening that, like you walking into that door and then not only like leaving that back door open for people like that look like you, but almost constructing your own door <laughs> um, is something we talk about a lot of like, when there's not a table for you making that table yourself and inviting people that are similar or like-minded to be a part of your table. And so whenever I see that, I'm just always blown away. And then the fact that 
the t- divine timing of it all was just a really beautiful backstory. Like I am so inspired by that. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So I, I do have a question actually off of that. What made you, because, you know, there's obviously a, probably a lot of business owners or potential entrepreneurs that are listening and, you know, us ourselves being business owners. What made you decide to make it a nonprofit rather than just being a regular business? Like, what was, was there any inspiration behind that? Yeah, so um, when people started sending me money to keep the mission going, I knew that I didn't want to just take people money just to buy things. I wanted to pay it for it. So one of the things I did was develop a grant. I was starting a business and I was very fortunate to have the education and the background to create a logo, um, to create a website, to do some of the marketing. So a lot of stuff that you saw in the beginning when we first started and launched in 2015 was all me. For the first five years of the business, it was just me doing everything. And I spoke in, you know, teams of we, us, them. But it really was just me, me, me. Um, so I was able to create a lot of stuff just because of my background, my education. But I knew there was other Black women business owners out there who would not have you know, the capability or the access to do that. So when people started sending money to keep it going, I knew a nonprofit was going to be essential because when I wanted to make sure that I had grants to fund what I was doing so I could fund other people. Also, I knew long term, this was going to be bigger than just me supporting black women businesses. Um, And because my background in nonprofit, I knew exactly how that model worked. So when I am dreaming big, as I always do, I saw partnerships with corporate partners. I saw large donations and those people are more inclined to give that money to a nonprofit versus a for-profit. And because the work I'm doing is not self-work, the work I'm doing is purposeful work for other people. So it just made sense for my business model. No, I love the way that you said that in the fact that, because, you know, a lot of times we talk about in the Black community about how, like, you know, it's like it has to start somewhere. Like somebody's got to be the first to do it. Almost like that. Uh, we've talked about FODs before, before uh, first other different. And just like by you saying, like, I know this is bigger than me and I want to help other people. And I want to be able to support them and uplift them in this way and knowing that this was the model that was meant for you. Yes, Samra, thank you for correcting me. First, only different. I, knew, I was like, as soon as I said it, I knew something was up. Um, but yes, just being that person in a community. And I know that's like a, a huge lift. So does that ever, you know, like stress you or, you know, not like, I'm not going to say bring you down, but ever feel overwhelming at the same time. You can say bring me down because there are some days where I'm like, am I still not doing this work? You know, like yeah. just be <laughs> like being fully transparent. Um, I serve a community that sometimes does not see themselves in the work that I'm doing. And that can be frustrating because all the stuff mm-hmm. I do is for Black women, whether you are direct directly part of the buy from black community are you just a black woman i want people i want black women to see themselves in the reflection and everything that we do for buy from a black woman so it does bring me down sometimes when that's not translated or there are other things that happen you know i'm just like oh this is depressing this is sad but i'm doing this for you you know but then i have to remind myself i have to remove myself because you know it's not about my feelings. If it was about my feelings, 
I would, you know, be sitting on the couch watching RuPaul's Drag Race. So feelings <laughs> from the equation and not get so involved. And I always say, like, your feelings don't care about your goals. Your feelings don't care about your to-do list. So I can feel all these things, but I still have goals I want to achieve. I can be sad and down, but being sad and down is not going to help me get to where I need to be for my community. So it, but it happens. I'm human. I'm a black woman living in America. Um, so it happens. And I do Preach. have days, you know, where I take time to feel, but I don't stay there. Yeah. It's literally all about, I guess, finding the right time for everything, whether that's feeling whether that's relaxing or whether that's, you know, putting all that shit on pause and just like grinding for a minute. And I remind myself of this a lot of like, oof, every time I don't want to do something on a Saturday and I get up and I need to do it, I may start late as Lana knows, but I'm going to get it done. And I think that, you know, that never ending to-do list, it's really what I've had to realize is like, if I'm here, it's already perfect because every moment has been planned out for me. And even if it doesn't seem like I have it all together in this moment, like that perfectionist side of me being like, wow, I really have so much to do until I reach perfection but no perfection is where you are right now and that's something that I have to again remind myself of um probably on a daily basis maybe hourly even when the self-doubt comes in and my mind is talking to me in a way that I don't want to be talked to I have to stop (laughs) and be like okay I am human and I do have a goal and a mission that's driving me forward but it's not like every single moment of my life has to be a grind, like you were saying. Right. So right. anyway, no. you were dropping yeah. so many gems. Thank oh you. I, no, I know. We all need to hear that. <laughs> no, seriously. And especially, I mean, like you say, being one, being Black in America, and then two, being a Black woman in America, it's hard out here. It's oh, stressful. Huh. It's rough. Yeah. All the things. And like you said, sometimes like we need to feel that and like soak in that for a second and like almost like a pity party, I guess you would call it. But then like you just get up and you just grind it out. You just do what you have to do and reminding I'm in a very silly, goofy Beyonce mood at the moment because it is Renaissance tour season and Sarah knows I am so stressed about these tickets. It's pretty much all I can think about. (laughs) Like that is all I can think about. And so the first thing that comes to my mind that I think about is the Beyonce song, literally the first on the album where she's talking about being that girl and reminding yourself that I am that girl. What she say? These motherfuckers ain't stopping me. Yeah. Like, that mine. She could have ended the whole album right there. That was it. That was it. So I feel like anytime you're feeling down... Just like I am that girl by Beyonce, and instantly, instantly it will boost your mood. No, yeah. really. <laughs> you can't just play that one song either. It's literally right. her album is literally potato chips. Like you have to just go through the whole, the whole system, which is why it's you know half a million people are waiting to buy tickets for one show. Oh God, I am not. I'm not ready to. I'm be sorry. I don't mean to bring in any trauma. You know, I know trauma is real. 
literally i'm just i'm ready i'm not even worried about the tickets that i want that we want i'm worried about getting in the queue oh my goodness okay but continuing so it is obviously black history month and i know you wanted to talk about the topic of slacktivism so tell us a little bit more about that because i had never heard and maybe this is just me having a moment but I had never heard of slacktivism. I had to look it up. I was like, what is slacktivism? I still don't know. Ha 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 ha. So I'm ready for that explanation. I'm so weak. So slacktivism and similar is the best friend of performance um, actions. You know, where you're like, hey, you're all rally, rally, rally. You're going to do this. And then you just slack off doing it. You say that you're an activist. You say that you are empowering a community. You're being an ally, quote unquote, um, and then you stop. Basically, it's slackalism. Um, that's the, you know, urban dictionary definition of that. So we saw right. a lot of it when these corporations made pledges to black businesses, black business owners. Um, you know, June two, three, and four, they was all for it, and then where are they now? Um, and a lot of that has happened and a lot of businesses, a lot of stuff that has not been reported is a lot of those black businesses that got the influx of support that June 2020, um, they went under because of the chargebacks that they were receiving because they weren't able to meet the demand. Um, the supply chain was already in a because of COVID, so they couldn't even meet the demand of it. Nobody saw it coming. There, were, there was no way to prepare for what happened on June 2nd and June 3rd, 2020, especially for small businesses that are solo entrepreneurs. We're already dealing with supply issues, inventory issues. And then you have people flooding your websites because New York Times, Life Magazine, all these big name publications want to create a list of 10 best businesses to buy from and you're on there and then everybody buys from you and you're not prepared for that. You know what I'm saying? So slackerism is just yes. saying you're going to do something that you slack doing it. Um, and it's a term that we're using in the buy from a black community in the black community because we're starting to call out a lot of these big names that said they were going to support and stand behind us and they're not. Wow. No, and that I, I thought of so many things when you were talking about that because there's this conversation that I mean it's not as popular now, but I feel like it's an ongoing thing. Of, did you hear about? The Miel drama when, you know, yes. it went really viral on TikTok um, because of Alex Earl. And then everybody was buying it. And, like, not only was it that it was being sold out in stores like Target, but it was in place, like, not in the quote-unquote, like, Black section, like, Black hair care products where it is normally. And they were moving it and there was so much of it. And it's like, wait, where was this same energy when this was first here, when we needed it, and now all of a sudden, you know what I mean? And so that converse, and then further that the drama, I say Miel Gate, of when they sold to P&G. Like, I don't think they, like, completely sold the company, but, like, now they're partnered with P&G, I think. Um, and now everybody's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to change the formula. Like, here we go again. This is a Shea Moisture 2.0. And... I feel like there's two sides of the conversation that I've been hearing. One where it's like, it's good for the business and like, who knows like what their business plan was because there is that thing of not everybody who creates a business is in it for the long haul. Like some people create a business to be able to sell it one day. 
And some people create a business to build that generational wealth and to like, you know, have it in their families forever and ever. And so, but it's specifically in the black community where it's already a struggle to like get our foot in the door and like have these successful businesses. And not only that, but having products that work for us, by us, and then to sell to these big corporations and then it's not available for us anymore. It's not made for us. Like, what's your stance on that? Because I know there's, there's two very heavy sides to this one. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, there's two sides to it. One, I don't know this woman personally, so I don't know her business model or anything like that to say what her goal was. So whatever her goal was, I hope she achieved that, whether it was to sell for X amount so she does no longer have to work or work in a different realm. So it's hard to really speak my opinion when I don't know what the goal of the business plan or business model was. And that's coming from a person sure. who helps Black women with businesses, right? Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion of it, you know, that could be also, it's a lot of keyboard warriors who will go ahead and be outraged online. But then I bet you if you go under the calendar, they don't even own the product or they never even bought the product or they bought the product once. So say it again for the people in the back. As soon as you said keyboard warriors, I was like, facts. So even with that, like I take that with a grain of salt because if you were a true advocate of this product, if this product was such a life-changing thing that you were just standing behind and you couldn't live without why is this your first time talking about it? You're talking about it in a rage because we know rage gets views, rage gets clicks, right? So it's like, if I'm using something, this is not going to be the first time you hear me saying I use this. It was that important to me. It was that serious to me. So when I see all these threads about people being so outraged because this Black woman sold her business, did you support her business? Were you there for her business? Were you there for her mentally, emotionally? Because owning a business is a lot of work. And even with that, a lot of those people who are keyboard warriors are not business owners. So I really don't even understand why you're talking about something when you're not even in that room. But I don't want to talk too much because I only hurt some feelings with that. We're all about strong opinions here. And I definitely think <laughs> coming from both of us. Um, yeah, I was going to say no, really, though. Honestly. Um, and yeah. you have, you've just summed it all up. And I think that Every situation is so individual, and I think that because there are less Black women killing it, I guess, in the corporate America game, when one does, it's like, you represent every single one of us. How could you sell your business to the man? You know what I mean? And it's it's not taking into account that this is an individual person who has individual goals. And, you know, it's almost, it's very hard. It's very hard. And it leads me into this idea of gatekeeping the products you love. And then also the idea of almost like gentrification in a way of, of spaces aka like cities like little nooks and crannies of cities that get gentrified to products that get gentrified to culture that gets gentrified like it's such an a specific it's such a it's such a broad problem that I think that it, it can it's like so nuanced on every level and it's those keyboard warriors going back to that because that's fire um 
<laughs> they literally about to be the name of the episode. Straight up. Because, oh, no. <laughs> because it's like it is so easy to like lean into that anger and angry feeling because it like gets you hype. It's like drinking a cup of coffee. Like all of a sudden you're like ready to go. Like it reminds me of it goes back to that slacktivism of um <laughs> Like Black Lives Matter was so big in like 2015, and now where are they now? <laughs> you know, where are all those nonprofits now? Have they, like, what are they? There's no one keeping up with that. And I don't think that the media, which is controlled by, again, the man, wants us to know. You know, like, no one's reporting on these topics. So until we see this trending topic online, um, we're just like, la, 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 you know, <laughs> just like from one yeah. issue to the next issue. And it's like, we just want something to be mad about. And it's, it's like almost, we're not, we're not focusing on the positive sides of it of like, Hey, this woman just got a huge payout, um, by the man. Like sh we should in a way be cheering for her, but I don't, totally. it's just, it's so totally. much back and forth. Cause now we don't. Now everybody's buying a product that may not be the same product, may be catered to us. But are they really buying it? Oh, are they really buying it? Oh, I mean, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's a good point because if we as black women were the ones buying it, I think that they would hopefully market towards us going forward, unless there's a huge influx of a different type of buyer if they show that they, you know, support more monetarily, then they're going to cater to that. And I do think that's where it gets kind of confusing because as Black people, are we supporting? Are we, like, putting our money where our mouth is? And they're not. I can tell you because I do, I deal with Black women business owners all the time, every day, every day, all of day, even when it rains. And they're not. It's a lot of performative um, stuff happening. You know, and this is a book podcast. So there's this one book by Ryan Holiday called Trust Me, I'm Lying. He basically talked about how he used to work in media marketing, PR, and all that jazz. And one thing we have to realize, by the time it hits us, um, it's old news, right? A lot of media is planted. A lot of stuff is purpose. Um, one thing we could say, cops kill Black people every day. They have not stopped killing Black people since they decided they were going to start killing Black people. Right. So it was heightened during a certain time. And now we don't see it as much as we did. It's the media controls the people. One of the things my mother told me when I was younger, she was a history teacher. The people with the money, the winners make the law, the winners make the news, the winners make history. And that's not saying like, oh, if you won, you're making history but so much so that if you have enough money, if you have enough power, if you have enough influence, you are the one who controls what is actually being read and what's being pushed out. We see that all the time with ads. We can have a conversation about something. The next thing you know, that ad is on your phone, right? So it's like they push with you what they want you to know. And you have to remember that, which is always important when you are saying that you're an advocate or you're an ally. You can't let things just go. You can't say, oh, well, I'm not hearing about it, so it must not be happening. And that's what's happening with the slackism. Just because it's not in your face today doesn't mean Black businesses still don't need support. Just because it's not Black History Month or Black August doesn't mean 
we're not still small business owners, black women business owners looking for funding. You can not only just think about something when it's in your face. If you're a true ally, if you're a true advocate of something, it should always be front and center. You have to be a conscious person for that. And that really comes from you. So when I see the outrage, you can't say, oh, black girls are in the soft life era and then get mad when a black woman is selling so she can have her soft life era. It just doesn't work together. And that's on period. And <laughs> that also, and as you were talking, it reminded me, like you said, it can't just be a one-time thing. Like you can't just support black businesses during Black History Month. And that goes back to why we do these episodes that are catered to Black 365. That's where this whole idea came from is because we're not just Black during Black History Month. We are Black 365 days a year and we need to be supporting our community 365 days a year. Like it's not a one-time thing, like you said. So I'm really glad that you brought that up and the keyboard warriors, I swear, I'm not going to get over that for a while. (laughs) But I will, let's move on to our next topic. So the importance, when we've kind of talked a lot about this already, but the importance of telling our own stories as Black women, what are the kinds of stories that you've heard from supporting these Black women-owned businesses? Well, it's funny you bring that up because right now we have our series called A Living Example. Um, oh, not perfect timing. TV. Yes, yes, yes. So last year, I traveled the country and I interviewed 23 different Black women business owners in 19 cities um, to capture their stories because Black women are the living example. Black women's stories should be told by Black women. Um, and a lot of stories that we hear are similar. Um, I saw a lack. I saw a need. I saw something that I was looking for um, and I needed to create it, whether it be there was a woman who has terrible allergies and she really cannot eat certain foods. And one of the things that she couldn't have was desserts. So because of the eggs and the dairies and some other stuff that goes into baked goods. So she developed an allergen-free dessert company. Um, and boom, there she goes with that, solving her own problems. So many women with skincare lines because they had difficult skin and the products that were on the shelf and available to them were not things that they had. So they had to go ahead and solve that problem. There was no representation in this field. So let me go ahead and start a tea company that represents me because I'm a black woman who likes hip hop and drinks tea. So like a lot of these black women are solving problems that they had and then other people are discovering their businesses because they're like, I had that same problem. I had no idea that, you know, it could be solved. Thank you for solving it. I'm going to support your business. So a lot of those stories are similar, um, whether it's like, I saw a lack, I wanted this, it wasn't there, I created it, and now that's what I'm going to do for my life, using your talents and your gifts and your resources to make your community better. No, and that's such a beautiful thing. And also, it reminds me of why it's so important for us as Black women to tell our stories because I say this all the time to Samra and like literally anyone who will listen. It's like you could like hear the same topic over and over again, but hearing somebody else tell their side of the story or like their personal experiences, it's just can be so different than like the last person you may have heard that from, which is why it's, it's just, again, so extremely important for us to share our stories in that way. And Samra, it looked like you were trying to say something. Oh, yeah. Kind of just piggybacking off what you said, share your stories authentically. Don't share your story and, you know, share it in a way that you saw someone else doing it and it got a lot of likes. And so, like, I'm going to craft my story in a way that 
is going to get a lot of likes. Like that authenticity is really what hits someone's heart. And that's what makes them interact with you and really buy into your product or whatever it is you're, you're trying to accomplish. Like that is how you will connect with your audience. And um, there's so many pockets online, which I love. And it makes it so that, you know, even if you don't find your click or your group, the people that really support you, where you are physically, you can find them on online in all of these different areas. Um, and sometimes the algorithm knows you better than you know yourself in a way. And so you can find people across countries who are like really into this niche thing that you are. And, you know, the nicher it is, the more likely that someone hasn't already done what you're trying to do. And so I think like the more you can be yourself, those talents that you have can shine in a way that no one else can. And so not only sharing your truth, but making sure you're like meditating on who are you and like running with it. All of that to say, just like knowing yourself is really, I think, the main key because you can create a business that if you want it to, can last the entirety of your life um, and like potentially lives to come after you. Legacy, mm -hmm. all about the legacy. Mm -hmm. Building legacy. We love a good black Period. legacy. Um, okay, our next topic we wanted to talk about, and it yeah. kind of goes along with what we've already been talking about, which supporting black women on our own terms is only, you know, the true productive way to support us, you know, and so, Nikki, will you give us your best, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, your best definition or what you think the outlook of truly not only just supporting Black business, but supporting Black women at businesses, what that truly looks like? Um, so I shared a video, I think, a while ago about, you know, being a conscious consumer. And if you decide that you're going to switch one thing out, just start that way. You'll know how to start or where to start. And in my video, I shared how I saw like 26 different Black women businesses in my first hour that I wake up in my house from the sheets I use, the Too Faced, body wash, coffee, tea, et cetera, et cetera. Even my yoga mat, right? So like, if you don't know where to start, just start and make a, you know, that you're going to just change one thing. Like, okay, I'm going to start here. I'm going to change out the tea I drink or the coffee I drink or my toothpaste, something that I use every day and make it from a Black woman business owner. And then just keep adding that as a waterfall. The next thing you know, your house is going to be filled with nothing but Black women um, business owner products. We make everything. There's nothing that we don't have. Um, so it's very easy to support Black women business owner if you're serious about supporting Ooh. And not just because it's in Target this week. And that's our period um, too. Like, because right, you're I was really like, and that's our period it. too. Because I think a lot it. of times it is that huge push of like, you got to buy black. If you're not buying black, you're not doing it right. And then it's also, it's like that pressure of like, oh shit, like I don't have all the black owned products, you know, but I like how you said like starting off small, like looking and being like, oh, I need this. Let me find out if there is a black woman owner who sells this product. You know what I mean? Just starting those baby steps and then having resources like yours where it's literally a whole plethora of businesses that you can choose from just starting there is really important 
Yeah, like you really take the excuse out. Like you can't tell me, oh, I'm looking for it. Well, have you been to buy from a black woman.org? Um, because it's there. Like it's literally there. Right. It's not literally there. a whole it's directory. There. Which so is like, funny because when I went to the site, <laughs> I saw one of our partners from last season be rooted on there. And I was like, look at me rooted. You love to see it. And just like all of the other wonderful businesses on yeah. there, which now like your pages start on my yes. computer for whatever I need anything. Now I know exactly where to go. And there are, you know, we have the everyday consumer and then we have corporations. One of our biggest partners is um, with H&M, you know, and they use directory for their gift giving, whether it's employee gifts, um, when they're doing events for in-house and out-of-house, you know, so we've been able to help and change their climate and what they're doing with their, with it, with their global company, um, essentially. And they're switching over to supporting okay, not only the organization, I- but the business owners that are also part of the organization. Okay. I don't have much to say good about fast fashion, but that I'm going to say, Samra, when she was saying that, that's the first thing I came to my head. I was like, "Mm, Samra and fast fashion, the beef that they got. But but I think this is one of those times where it's like, you know, if you want to be a sustainable girly and like, but you may not have sustainable price money, you can go to places like H&M who are doing these types of things and feel, you know, just a little bit better about buying it from them. Just a little bit. Not too much. Period. And you love to see it. Uh, and so, obviously, like we've talked about, this is a book club podcast. So, Nikki, what do you read or what are you currently reading and what can you put us on? So, my reading, now this is, this might raise some eyebrows. I am a Black woman. I read a lot of Black women literature. Let me just preface that. I love Black women authors. But one of my favorite genres of books are reading white men's business books. I'm a business owner, right? And also white men founder books. So I just got done reading Running with Purpose by Jim Weber. He is the CEO of Brooks Running Company. Um, and just learning like how they manipulate their businesses, how they run them, um, how they get the funding for it, the relationship building. One of my favorite all time books is Shoe Dog by um, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. That white man used his white man privilege to make that company grow. You hear what I'm saying? But this is the stuff that helps me as a business owner. It helps me with my mindset. It also helps me be more courageous because it allows me to see that a lot of these people are just winging it. And as Black women, we think we have to be perfect and have all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. But be courageous is most important. Like, first and foremost, have courage to believe in yourself, believe in your product, believe in whatever it is that you're pushing. And if you believe it, they are going to believe it too. Um, I took a lot of improv classes when I was learning how to do public speaking. And one of the things that stayed with me is nobody knows what's going on behind the curtain if you don't tell them what's going on behind the curtain. And those white men, they, they got a lot of shit happening behind the curtain that you would never know. So I'm trying to find out by reading Crossing enemy lives. Yeah, you're speaking on that one because if there is one thing that white men have, it's the confidence, it's the audacity. And that's the stuff I feel like we as women, specifically black women, but all of us women, like we're lacking in that one. Like 
Men will not have a business plan, will not have a mission statement, but they will be five years into the business, $500,000 in profit. And like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But I mean, like, I've been making it this far. And yet some of us have the mission, the vision, the five-year plan, the W-2. I don't even know. I'm just saying things at this point. But we have every, (laughs) we have everything. And we're still like, ooh, if I start this, like, will people even, like, support it? Like, shut up and go. Like, go. Yes. Yes. So I read a lot of their books. Um, The business owner in me, the business founder in me, and the person who has to constantly make sure that Black women business owners and founders are doing what we, I need to make sure that I know what's happening, what's current, what's new, what's hot, what's not hot, how a lot of people did get started. Because a lot of times I'm in certain places where I still am the only Black woman there, right? So I have to be able to, sometimes they call it cold switching, but it's more so for me. I don't switch. I, I'm a black woman. I'm a dark skinned black woman. For out. Like, I can't cold switch even if I wanted to, right? But at the same time, I need to be able to um, interpret what's being said to me so that I'm not intimidated because it's being said to me. Wow. Just in total, like, I hope people have, somebody's told you before, and if not, I'm telling you right now, you are a great. Speaker. Like I could see you doing public speaking if you already if you don't want to do it already, I can see it. It's there. You got it in you. Uh just all the gems you're dropping on us, you love to see it and you oh, love to hear you it. So um and we will definitely add the books that you've talked about today to our bookshop. Y'all go check out our bookshop link in the description and our bios. Listen, at this point. If you're a she well read listener, you know where to find our stuff at. But I will always keep standing here for our new people. Welcome in if you're new. Uh, just Nikki, thank you so much for being on our show today and for putting up with the two of us. I know we're a lot. Oh no, it was a joy. It was a joy. It's always fun to talk with black women. I love talking with black women. So I guess you know, anytime I'm invited, I should say yes. Well, Samra, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Just thank you for dealing with the bullshit so that we can access all of these beautiful businesses. Um, I just want to say shout out to every business on the directory on buyfromablackwoman.org. Y'all are all killing it if you're listening. Also, remember as like a listener, just remember that when you buy small, it is sometimes you know, it's a little bit more tedious. You know, I recently bought a birthday present for a friend from a small business. And it was a little bit of like, some communication that we had to do. Um, But like going that extra mile just makes you feel good in your soul. Um, You're living in your truth. And that's really important, I think, for living a purposeful life. So just take that extra two steps and and buy from a black woman today. Okay, period. Nikki, tell everybody where they can find you, how they can support you. And if they are a black woman listening right now and they want their business added to the directory, how do they go about doing it? Yes, yeah, so all roads lead to Rome. Buy from a black woman.org. You can find everything. 
Um, our website has a lot of information to get you educated, inspired, motivated, and also so you can support the Buy From Black Woman online directory is there as well. There's an excuse not to buy from a Black woman. If you are a Black woman business owner looking to be part of the directory, part of the community, there's an application that you can go ahead and apply. Um, and we do do a search. We make sure that you have all your paperwork in order along with some other key things before we add you to the directory. So apply today. Um, and if you are wondering how you can learn more, bfabw.tv is our free education platform where we have resources where experts, Black women experts in their field teach class like trademark accounting, um, time management, lots of other things. And we also have something going on. And again, that's on period. Well, right, baddies, y'all know exactly what to do. You know where all the things will be. Description, link in bio, all of it. And once again, Nikki, thank you so much for being on our show today. It has been a wonderful time. We will definitely be in touch. And as always, this has been She Well Read. I'm Alana. And I'm Samra. Bye. Peace.